دایی یه فرصت خوب حالا پشت مدافع خدا داد عزیزی توی دروازه گل گل برای ایران خدا داد عزیزی باز هم روی زمین گشت سردارات بود به توی دروازه سردارات بود گل به نام آزمون به برای ایران بزنه کریم ازداری فر Welcome back to Gobazan Podcast. My name is Ari Alaverdi. I'm joined by Sahan Salari and Pejman Pars. Lots of you both doing. Good. Thanks for having me on, Arya. Hi, Arya. Nice to hear your beautiful Scottish accent again. It's all good over here. <laughs> yeah, thanks very much. Uh, guys, uh, we got a draw uh, for the last round of qualifiers. Uh, we're in the same group as South Korea once again. Um, we're also in the same group as UAE, Iraq and Lebanon. If you haven't listened to our first part of this um, podcast, um, we did... Um, got got analysis from experts and journalists from each of the countries that we're in the group with so check out that first part first to get some analysis on the opponents um but in today's episode we're going to be speaking about our own national team team Melli. we're going to speak about how they can fare against these um, five teams that we've grouped against um and also a little bit about skocic uh, remaining as the national team head coach um, we've also got uh, some fan reaction from Sina Mogadam from Radio Offside and also Dara Zarandi, um, contributor for PressureFootball.com. And yeah, guys, let's go. So Group A, Iran again with South Korea, UAE, Iraq, Syria and Lebanon. Uh, what was your initial reaction to that, Sahand? I think uh, my initial reaction was that um, we probably got the easier group well, I think avoiding Saudi Arabia, I think they were the pot three team with UAE. So I think we definitely got the, the weaker of the pot three teams. Because I think Saudi Arabia, I mean, I know on the international level, I mean, yeah, international tournaments and stuff, they haven't really been uh, that great. But for the Asian standard, I think technically uh, they're one of the better teams and they usually historically have given us problems and the rivalry is pretty intense. So I thought avoiding them was uh, definitely made this easier group for us. And then I thought that um, in the pot two teams between Korea and Australia, I think both of them are weaker than in previous years. Um, But I don't really have an issue with playing either of them, but yeah, I think, I mean, we have more experience against Korea and we haven't lost to them for a really long time. So, uh, yeah, I think that the group was definitely uh, an okay draw. I think it's not um, going to be – it doesn't strike me as particularly challenging. I mean, there was some, like, possibility about, like, a group of death or something, and that didn't really happen. So, yeah. Oh, sorry, I was on mute there. Um, Pejmon, give your, your reaction. Obviously, we got South Korea again. Um, we've also got Syria again as well. Um, so how was your kind of reaction to that? Yeah, well, I wanted 
Iran to play against Australia, but somehow they managed to, to not face each other since 1997, although Australia came into uh, Asian Federation in, for the World Cup 2006, I believe, but that's like over 14, 15 years now they've been in Asia and Iran have managed to avoid them both in the Asian Cup and in the World Cup qualifiers uh, and no friend base. So I, I would like to see that rivalry because somehow I do believe that uh, uh, Australians think that they're still like probably the best team in, in Asia or they can win against Iran. Maybe they can, but uh, I do believe that Iran can beat them in both home and away. Yeah, other than that, I think this was probably the best group that Iran could have. And uh, I'm not saying that because, like, for Iraq and China, probably China is a weaker team, but we must not forget the travel distance that the Iranians have to, uh, have to do uh, if they were going to play against China and Vietnam. It could be, you know, like, and Australia instead of South Korea, because I believe it's an even longer trip from Iran. So yeah. that's, that's very positive. That means that, and as I'm saying that because we know uh, from history that the football federation have a hard time to, to prepare these players for uh, these long trips. And that, that, can be, that can bother a lot of players, like adjusting to, to the weather, to the time. And now we have almost all the games in um, the Middle East, except the away game in, uh, in Seoul, in South Korea. So I'm really pleased with that. And I do believe this is Iran's uh, qualifications to, to lose because nobody else can take it from them yeah, other than yeah. the Iranians themselves. Just building on that point also, I think that uh, especially with the amount of like legionnaires that we have right now, that aspect of added travel was really important to avoid. Because like you said, Pejman, I mean, if we're going to have like basically the entire starting 11, over half the team is flying in from abroad, if they have to fly in and then also, uh, you know, you're going to get them all together later and then you have to fly to say Vietnam, China, uh, Korea, Australia, you know, that's, it's going to be, from a logistical standpoint, very difficult to deal with. And also from a, a fatigue standpoint for the players, I think it would have been yeah. super challenging. Yeah. So you, you guys mentioned, obviously, that the one away game is in Seoul. Uh, that's quite far, obviously, but that is the only one game that we have to go um, outside of the Middle East. Um, we've had quite good success against South Korea. We, you know beat them to qualify for the 2014 World Cup um, for the 2018 as well. We, I don't know if we beat them. But did we beat them? Yeah, we beat them in Tehran and then we tied them in Seoul. Yeah, so, you know, we, we've done well against South Korea. However, um, it's different, different scenario. There's no Carlos Queiroz anymore. Um, you know, it's a different team. South Korea, I would, you could argue, is a slightly weaker team than the last two qualifications. Um, and Iran, you could argue, is a slightly stronger team, to be honest, you know, from a technical standpoint, individually. However, then you have to argue, is the coach as good? You know, we'll come to that, of course. I, I personally still believe our team is strong enough to beat South Korea. Um, what do you guys think? Pejman, do you think we could still beat South Korea? Do, and also, do you think... Um, we get the question from Persian at Persian Wall. 
uh, on Twitter, do you think we can go unbeaten like we did last time? I think there will be a slip. It can be against Iraq or South Korea. Uh, I do believe the South Korean team is a decent team. Although we have a, had a good track record against them, we we must not forget that they they have a good uh, good uh, coach. They build up something really interesting, and I think although we have the advantage of not losing against them in like how many years? Is it five years, seven years, something like that? South Korea is always is always South Korea. It's it's a tough game, yeah. But Iran can go unbeaten, of course. But uh, I, I'm I'm seeing a slip. It can even either even be against like uh, one of the weaker teams uh, like Lebanon because that haven't happened before. Uh, against UAE, I can't see that happening because they they are not good enough. But at this stage, depends on where the games are supposed to be played and if going to be crowds and stuff like that. That that going to affect the players uh, mentality as well but yeah Iran will, will take care of this San obviously you know South Korea a very strong team still um, you know with Hyung and Son uh, one of the best players in Asia of all time you could argue um, you know how do you think we'll fare I mean I think that uh, besides Son they're weaker than previous years um, I I I think it's like an aging squad, which they have a benefit of having some a lot of experienced players, but there's really not a lot of foreign-based talent, I would say, compared to pre... I mean, if you think about the previous South Korea teams we've placed with, like, we've played with uh, people like uh, Park from Man United or um, Ki Sung Jung for a long time was in the midfield. They had a lot of Bundesliga-based players, but that's more or less all gone. Uh, it's mainly a domestic team, and then just having uh, Huang Min Son and uh, also Huang from Leipzig, who barely played this year, I think. Uh, and so, yeah, that's really the only uh, like very notable foreign players. I think they also have one player, uh, young midfielder in Valencia, who plays sometimes. But on the whole, it's definitely. I guess on paper, we wouldn't think it to be um, as strong as South Korea squads of previous years. And also, yeah, definitely older than before. So um, I don't see them as as challenging as, say, a Japan um, would be to us. And uh, even a team like Saudi Arabia, I think, would have posed a bigger threat, um, at least on paper, for us than this South Korea side. So... On top of that, the other team that we got in our group, we actually, uh, we were speaking before about, you know, trying to avoid Saudi Arabia because, you know, they can be quite a tough opponent. Uh, however, just, you know, we got UAE um, and, you know, they have some good players. They have, haven't been bad by any means over the last couple of years. Uh, and they could be a, a potential banana skin for the national team of Iran. Um we, we, I mean, it's not easy to say whether we we're struggling sometimes against the Arabic teams, um, you know, the Middle Eastern teams specifically. Is it a is that a mental problem for for the for the for the players, or, or is it psychologically difficult for them to face those those teams? I don't know, but 
it's a potential banana skin. So what do we think? Do we think we could, you know, we could struggle against UAE? Uh, go Sahand. Um, honestly, I watched some of their qualification games, and I think that they might be um, a little bit better than in previous years. With I think especially the forward uh, Ali Mabhut is quite prolific for Asian standards. But again, I don't think that they are going to be um, a super challenging opponent for us. I mean, keep in mind that. Yeah, we have some historically some psychological problems with some of the Arab teams. However, uh, I think we showed in the previous um, little mini tournament that just passed with uh, Iraq and Bahrain that the team can definitely overcome those hurdles um, with the proper, you know, mental preparation. And um, I don't think we had a lot of issues there. Uh compared to previously. And I think that will help the team moving forward in those yeah. sort of games. And then also I'd keep in mind that uh, we have a lot of experience playing with like, a, I would say a similarly level, similar level team, probably you could say even superior for sure uh, recently, which is Qatar who we played quite frequently in past years and friendlies and also qualification. And we were, uh, you know, doing quite well with um, beating them. So I think that, yeah, I don't view it as a particularly hard challenge for sure. The team needs to be ready for, um, you know, for any sort of uh, mental games that they they will try to play. And if we do that, I think that from a technical standpoint, um, our level is high enough that we should beat them for sure. Um, yeah, I totally agree. Pejman, I want to come to you. Uh, sorry, by the way, that question regarding the UAE was asked by uh, at SKKBUNZ and also at PCAP for Life 10. Um, for you, page one, the question comes from at Kamohebi from Instagram. He asks, uh, Syria got third place last time in our qualification. They were the only team that actually scored goals against us in the last game. Um, and, you know, they have some good players. However, we did beat them in the friendly in March. Could they be a, a surprise? No. The only surprise will be the disappointment that Syrians will bring to the World Cup qualifiers, probably being last in the group or struggling alongside UAE or Lebanon, probably being, being dead last in the group. Where the Syrian luck will end in this qualifying campaign. Uh, they will get smashed and hammered against all the teams. And, and why do I say that? Even though they had like a really good run uh, before uh, to heading to the qualifiers, um, I, I, I can't see that. I, I believe that the other teams will now step up and make that the, the difference that's needed. So Iran, Iraq, and South Korea will be the top three teams and they will probably get between four to six points against Syria. So Syria will have to struggle against uh, Lebanon and UIA for, for maybe trying to get the third place if, let's say, Iraq will slip against UIA and some other teams. That will be their chance. They, they will live in the Agar Amal, what ifs, uh, 
kind of thing that Iran usually that we were used to in Iran back in the day. So I have no trust in this Syrian team. Yeah, also just adding to that, I think that Syria's biggest weapons last time were uh, the forward uh, Omar al-Soma and also the attacking mid or forward also Kherbin. And I think they were quite dangerous, I think, in the games we played. Um, and on an Asian level, both have been pretty good for their uh, club teams and in Asian Champions League and stuff. And neither of them are being called up at the moment. And so especially without those two, I think that takes away basically their main offensive threat. So, yeah, I don't really see Syria posing a major threat to anybody for, or at least us to get some points off us. I really don't see it. Okay, let's go and hear from Sina Moradam from Radio Offside, who gave us his thoughts on the group. Okay, I'm joined uh, by my good friend Sina Moradam from Radio Offside. Uh, Sina, how you doing, man? Hi, Arya. I'm pretty good. Good to be here. Glad to have you on uh, Gold Bazaar. I think you've this is your first time on Gold Bazaar. I think you were on one of our uh, Twit. Um, have you been on Gold Bazaar before? No, I haven't been in Gobazan, but I've been part of our show with Sina from Gobazan before. Yeah, you were on. You were on one of our spaces, though, weren't you? I think recently. Uh, Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so you know, hopefully we'll have you on more in the future. Uh, Just explain to us a little bit about Radio Offside as well. Yeah, sure. Uh, Radio Offside is a is a weekly pod mainly about uh, European football. And uh, but also we also try to cover uh, Team Meli and some other stuff related to uh, Iranian football as well. So if anybody is interested, just you can find us with Radio Offside ID on all of the social medias and also on Castbox. And also we have uh, been trying to produce more, more and more on our YouTube channel. So just hop in. We are trying to have some videos also about the ongoing euro and also the situations that are going on around team Ali as well yeah make sure to check out radio site um, they do some great work um so sina first thing i want to ask you of course is about the the group a um draw iran was in the same group as south korea for the for the third time in a row now um, what was your first reaction uh, to the group a well i think it's a very ideal group for us if we compare it to the other one. I'm happy that we don't need to face um, Australia and Saudi Arabia. And uh, I think I think it's the ideal one. I, there is no easy or hard groups, I would say. All of the matches are going to be important, even with this group that we got. But I think it's a very ideal group and uh, we can definitely qualify from this. I think the, more, the most important thing is that Iran and South Korea are the only teams that have the experience uh, from World Cup before. So I think there is a gap between these two and the other teams in the group. And um, and I think they're still the favorites to qualify here. But also the other notes is that we have troubles recently against Iraq, but um, they, they don't have any stable, they, they, don't, they don't have a stable situation in my view since Katana's situation with their uh, federation is not clear. So probably they're going to um, replace him with somebody else so they're not very they're not that much stable and also on the other hand if you want to say that we got Syria and they have been finished on top of their groups in the previous stage but also Nabil Malul is also resigned from their team so the situation of Syria is not that clear as uh, either so I think it's definitely better if we compare it with for example getting Oman in our group 
because I didn't want to get Oman and then start all of the talks in the media about Skocic, Branko and everything like that. This could have caused some trouble for us just before the match and after the match. So I think it's better that we got Syria, but also it would have been fine. It would have been better. Maybe we got Vietnam instead of Lebanon, but I think it's, it shouldn't matter for us. So I don't think we have a hard time to qualify from this group, but we should take it really, really, really seriously. So it's not something that we just got in the best group and we can qualify in any sense. No, it's yeah. going to be tough, but it's okay, I guess. So obviously, you know, we have a strong team. We did well um, in these last four matches to get to the final round of qualifiers under Dragan Skocic, who is now, um, as we're discussing on our podcast, he's, he's been um, chosen to stay on for the last uh, round of qualifiers. What, what was your thoughts on that? Well, to be honest, I was thinking or I would have believed that 99.9% he will remain because of the situation and everything that we had in the media around Team Ali and everything like that. And I think when the Federation says that we're going to um, try to see if we're going to continue with him or not, they were just bluffing. The idea was there from the, from the past that he's going to stay if he qualified from the previous stage. Um, I don't know. I mean, it, that that's how it is. I don't like that he's going to be our coach because it, even if we qualify, he will remain. It's not like that, that they say that, okay, if he will qualify and then we will think about another coach. I'm not worried about this stage. I'm a little bit worried about the World Cup and the longer time. So I'm really not sure about Timeli's performance when we reach to the World Cup. And my reasoning is that the players that we have currently are more experienced than the coach himself in terms of being in the World Cup, in the top uh, leagues. So most of them, um, not, not most of them, but many of them have the experience from playing in the World Cup before, and many of them have the experience of playing in European football. But our coach doesn't have this experience. So it's, it's a very, very new thing for him. So I think... Coach for Tim Melly should be someone who has more experience and he should be someone who can coach and manage the whole thing, the whole squad. So I think he, in one sense, it's good that he also wants to prove himself because it's the biggest team that he's coaching in his whole career. Yeah. So, yeah. so he's, he's, he's trying to qualify both for Tim Melly and, and, and also for himself. So that's good. We are on the same page with each other. But I mean, for the longer run, I'm not sure if he's adding that much value to the existing squad and also if he can even improve this squad. So that's that's only my concern really at the moment. But I'm not sure if... Yeah. I don't think Federation has any potential coaches in their mind in the past, for example, one month or two months. If they have prepared someone, yeah, why not? Let's Let's go with someone that we can rely on him for the longer run. But given the fact that probably they haven't done it or even they haven't thought about it. So, OK, fair enough that we should say and st stick with him. Yeah, I think that's it was uh, that's why it was a surprise to myself that, you know, people were trying to say that Carlos Queiroz is going to come back. But for me, that's not going to happen. So no way. No yeah, way. So. So, yeah. No, um, finally, I want to ask you, Sina, is obviously regarding the standings. Where do you think Iran will finish and how do you think they'll do in Qatar? Well, as I said, I'm, I'm comfortable that they're going to qualify as the first or the second team. So we will go directly to the World Cup. Um, 
So I'm not that much worried. It, it, something very strange should happen if we don't qualify, to be honest. But also, I mean, S South Korea, we, we've been great in the past tournaments against them during Carlos Kairos' time, but we shouldn't neglect them because Paulo Bento is a very great coach and he has been with South Korea for the past three years. So I think he knows his team very well. He knows his, the, the, the opponents very well. So they're going to be tough opponents. And also, Emirates is going to be tough as well. Van Marwijk is a great coach, and it's very interesting to know about this. Maybe, maybe uh, some of your uh, listeners do not know about this. Emirates has the exact same situation as us. So they sacked Van Marwijk December 2019, and then they replaced him with Ivan Jovanovic for four matches left in their qualification. But when the corona outbreak happened, they said that, okay, we just we just get you in because of the situation and the, the time that we have. But now, now that we have time, we, we will continue with someone else. Exactly the same situation that we had with Skocic. But we didn't replace him. We just continued with him for a year. So I would say that we waste the time for a year to just find someone else. But anyhow, so the, the and they they sacked the next coach as well for after a couple of friendlies, and then they brought back Van Marwijk, and Van Marwijk has done perfectly in the last matches for Emirates, and he knows the team very well as well, and he has the he has the experience from the World Cup because he has a, he's a silver medalist from the World Cup, so I think they're going to be a tough opponent. There is no easy matches, but I think we have the great depth in our squad that we can definitely qualify. And also, this is the last World Cup that it, there are going to be only 32 teams in the World Cup. So from the next World Cup, it will be so easy to qualify. It will be harder to not to qualify, I would guess, because there are going to be more than 40 teams in the World Cup and Asia will get more teams. So let's enjoy the last competitive qualification and then hopefully we can qualify. Yeah, uh, hopefully. Um, Sina, thanks a lot for your time. I appreciate it uh, once again. You can find um, Sina's podcast, Radio Offside. Uh, we'll have it in the description of um, all the podcasts on YouTube, SoundCloud, and all, all the good stuff. So check them out. Thanks for coming yeah. on, Sina. Thank you so much, Arya. It's always a pleasure to talk with you about Team Melly, and it was a pleasure to be on Goalbazan for the first time. You're doing a great job, all of you, uh, uncovering everything regarding Team Melly. Hope for the best. Back now. Um, the next thing we want to speak about um, Sina touched on it in his segment uh, is regarding Dragan Skocic who uh, stays with the national team Azizi Khadem, the IFF president confirmed it that he will stay until the end of the round um, assuming you know if we do qualify then of course he'll, he'll take us to the World Cup as well guys well, Personally, if I was to give my my opinion, I was I was happy with that decision. I think it 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 keeps the continuity in the team. You know, Skocic was trying to was getting somewhere. You know, you could argue he wasn't doing great, but he was getting somewhere. You know, and he was he was being flexible with his tactics, and he was able to get the best out of some of the players like Muharami, like Kolesadeh, even Tarimi Osman. I thought they did pretty well under him. So ultimately, I feel he is the right person to keep. There was rumours about Kairos coming in and we didn't even consider posting about that because it's not true. Um, those rumours are, are false. But anything that comes out of Iranian outlets, that, that originates from Iranian outlets, generally isn't isn't true. So, um, as a result, Scotch is staying. Guys, what's your, your first reaction, uh, Pejman? I agree with you, Arya. 
I think yeah, he proven himself. I mean, th- there have been a couple of rumors about uh, how he is with the team, and he is not maybe that kind of charismatic coach that Kerosh was, that, you know, bringing the team together and, you know, making it all for one, fighting against everybody but protecting Lisa, like, like his, uh, his team. He doesn't seem to be that, but he is something that the Iran Football Federation have longed for in a long time. A foreign coach, with, although it's, his uh, experience is limited, he's been in Iran for, for a long time, so he's a foreign coach that can understand and accept the Iranian culture and then the Iranian way of dealing with things, which is maybe not what we're used to as in Europe or in other countries. And that balance is maybe probably one of Scottish's biggest uh, uh, pros or, or something that he can use. How he is as a coach and his tactics and whatnot, uh, this is the time to prove himself. So far, he have done what's been needed of him. I'm happy that he he is playing a couple of players that Kerosh talked a lot about, but didn't never gave them a chance. Uh, like uh, Soma Wadus, I'm glad that he's giving Moharami a decent chance. I'm glad that he's letting Taremi and Osmond and Polizade, one of the other players that Kerosh not really gave a like a, a too late probably a chance they're like playing regularly now so there's not a lot of other people talking about the squad and like p- players missing because these players are are doing what they need to do so now it's up to him to, to prove himself against uh, stronger opponents it will be fun to see and i mean obviously we all know that Ultimately, the team needs continuity. They need to be able to keep um, this form from June. Um, so you're, you're happy with the decision? Yeah, I think there's a few points that I want to touch on. I think overall, I'm satisfied with uh, Skocic being extended or his contract being extended. Um, I think that, first of all, we have to be realistic about what the other options are or were. So I think that if we want to take into consideration the fact that the Federation doesn't really have a lot of money right now um, because of this whole Wilmot's case, especially, which cost them like $8 million or something for three games, um, in addition to uh, the problems with sanctions that we're going to have, you know, there's going to be some difficulties in transferring money to whoever the coach is, uh, foreign coach is. So they, the coach has to be willing to accept that. Um, then we kind of reach a point where there's uh, not already a lot of candidates available that are willing to accept, you know, such conditions. Then you have to consider that we're already pretty late into the qualification phase. I mean, the last round is starting um, and there's one and a half years left until the start of the World Cup. So can a new coach really come in and take over this team and uh, learn about the team, learn about the players? You have to expect these people haven't been following our national team like religiously for the past, whatever, four or five years. So they don't know what's happening. So then 
for them to learn the current state of the team, what we need to do, learn about the opposition, uh, etc. It's going to be very unlikely. So in my mind, that only leaves basically, uh, you know, two foreign candidates. One of them is Skocic, and one of them uh, you could say is Kairush because he's available um, and uh, he has experience with this team. And then, you know, we're really not sure. Like you say, there were some like random rumors. I mean, would he want to come back? Uh, you know, would um, the situation even allow for him to come back? Like how much drama could be created around the national team if Kairush came back right now? Uh, I think we can all agree that he's probably a superior coach to Skocic. I mean, from just an experience and um, his CV speaks for itself. So the, given the fact that's not really a realistic option at this point, then yeah, I think Skocic was the best option. I mean, obviously there's going to be some level of uh, intrigue to have the, the man who basically built this team and a lot of the current players, you know, the Taremis, the Oswunds, um, that we're seeing now so much of, you know, uh, of course, a lot of other players, Bayron Van, um, you know, there's some level of wanting to bring him back and see what he can do with his own group that he really made. But I don't think it was really realistic. So from that perspective, I'm, I think Skocic was the best, you know, foreign coach available. And then I don't really think that any domestic coach, uh, I mean, Yahya probably would be the first option. And I don't think he's available either. And I don't think anybody else like Nick Nam or whoever is really uh, an upgrade to Skocic to warrant, you know, dropping this guy who just won seven games in a row. So from that yeah. perspective, I think it's realistic to stay think, with Skocic. I think one person that would be very reluctant to have Kairush come back into the national team is uh, Mr. Khalil Zadeh. I think he would be very, very upset to see him back as a national team head coach. So uh, <laughs> all I can say is I think I think he's having uh his back all the way. I just gonna say something. Uh, I think uh, Sahan's uh, analyze was spot on. It was music to my ears, and it was a really a sober way of uh, looking at things. So so well done, Sahan. Okay, let's go and hear from Dara Zarandi from PersianFootball.com. I'm joined by my friend Dara Zarandi, um, who works with PersianFootball.com. Uh, how you doing, man? I'm doing well, Arya. How about yourself? I'm all good. I'm all good. Glad to have you on the podcast for the first time. We've been trying to get you on for a little while now, Dara, but obviously uh, through different issues here and there, we've not managed to, but this time we have. Um just give the listeners some a little bit of background about yourself, uh, where they can find you on social media and your and your work. Yeah, they can find me on uh, on Twitter. Uh, it's just literally my first and my last name, Dara Zarandi. Um, and uh, some of my work that I've done just like on Iranian soccer, uh, I've written articles for PersianFootball.com uh, in the past. Uh, I also help moderate the site, so I participate in the forums a lot over there as well. Um, so yeah, predominantly that's kind of like the work that I do. Um, avid Iranian football fan, just like uh, the rest of you guys. Excellent. Um, okay, so first question, just very quickly, uh, give us your reaction to Group A 
um, you know, obviously we were grouped with South Korea, Iraq, etc. What was your first reaction to that? Very pleased. Um, as the as the draw was happening, of course, it kind of started their way from the uh, pots on the lower side from like six and up. So just as the the draw was happening, um, pretty quickly I was able to say, "Hey, I really hope we get into Group A." Um, and the reason for that was was because once once they got to pot three and they drew Saudi Arabia in pot B, um, I said to myself, "Okay." So at that point in in the draw, it was going to be um, uh, you know, I like to always think of Asia's uh, giants as Iran, Saudi Arabia, uh, South Korea, um, Japan, um, uh, and Iran. I think Iran, Saudi Arabia, South Korea, Japan, and Australia. Yeah. Those five teams. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. Sorry, got lost in the <laughs> in the count there. So those five teams. Um, so in other words, you already knew that there was going to be a team. Uh, a, 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 a group that was going to have three teams in a, of the Giants, and then there was going to be a group that had two of the Giants. So, um, in other words, I was just making sure I wanted to absolutely make sure that we were in the group that had two of the Giants instead of three. Um, so, basically, the, as the draw was happening, I wanted to make sure that we were in the, in the good situation, and we did wind up being in the good situation, uh, only having South Korea in our group uh, among the Giants. Um, and the rest of the teams, you know, they, they're all they're all solid. Um, uh, it, they're all going to give us a tough time, but I think we should be able to get the job done pretty pretty easily. Yeah, uh, and then obviously uh, the other news that we had uh, recently after the uh, the qualifying matches in June was that Skocic will remain as head coach of the national team. Um, I know yourself, you obviously would like to have maybe had someone new come in. What was your kind of you know, opinions on that and how do you think we'll progress? So Skocic, I think he did some good stuff. He did some stuff that I wasn't super fond of. Um, at the end of the day, I think for the situation that we're in, it wasn't going to be realistic for us to uh, have anything other than maybe an Iranian option versus Skocic. Um, that's just the reality of, of the, you know, I feel like the circumstances of the Federation right now with everything that happened with Wilmots and getting him his money. Um, of course, there was whispers of Kairos potentially coming back, but I, I think that was just all rumors. I don't think that was anything that was actually legit. Um, but all in all, I, I'm, I'm happy with it. I think that the team at this point, it needs stability. Um, at the end of the day, Skocic got good results. Um, you know, looking at from the friendly games that we started with him uh, at the end of last year, uh, through to this year, he has gotten good results against um, some decent oppositions as well. You know, even the friendly against Bosnia, um, uh, Bahrain is, of course, a decent team. And, you know, we, we beat them very easily. Um, all, all these things need to be taken into account. And I think that for the situation that he was brought in, it was uh, a tough task. And at the end of the day, he delivered. We asked him to give us four wins, and he got us those four wins. So I think it would be unfair if we didn't renew his contract. Um, but again, I still do believe that there are some uh, issues and gaps and holes that he needs to identify for me to have more confidence in him going forward. And obviously, on top of that, where do you think with Skocic, Iran uh, will finish in this final round of qualification? I'd like to think 
first, hopefully, but I think we're going to battle it out to get somewhere between second and third. Um, I think we'll be right on the, the border between second and third. I think that the games against Iraq are going to be pretty difficult. Um, I think that we should be able to, anytime on paper we're, we're looking at Iraq, we should be able to beat them. But we know that it's never that simple because there comes all these mental challenges and these mind games and everything that, that comes with playing Iraq or other Arab teams. So um, I, I, I do want to be optimistic and say that we, we will finish first. But I just, again, with the holes that I have seen in the team, um, with uh, the, his setup that he has right now for Skocic, um, I don't feel confident that we will finish first. I feel like it will be second um, or potentially third, but I'm, I, if I have to go with one, I'll go with second place. Okay, great. And I appreciate your time. Um, hopefully we can have you back on the podcast um, when the games start back. And uh, yeah, but thanks for coming on. Thanks, Arya. All right, so we're back. Um, let's finish off, guys, with some fan questions. Okay, so fan questions. Uh, first one is from Hakon Manesh. 1378 he asks just regarding the formation essentially personally i believe skocic is going to kind of stick with a variation of a 442 you know i, I don't think he's going he's gonna to play tarami as a left winger i think we were pretty much know that he's going to play a two striker formation so i mean in football there are really not that many two striker formations you've got a 442 you've got um maybe like a diamond midfield Four four so like a four three one two, and you maybe have a three five two. Other than that, there's not really that many two striker formations. So ultimately, I think that kind of four four two is what he'll stick with. Um, don't know. Do you guys want to add anything to that? I think that from a formation standpoint, it's quite interesting question because he seems Skocic seems to be uh, okay with changing systems and trying new systems changing systems in important games. I mean, we saw him start with like a, th- a three-man defense, like 3-5-2 in some friendly games against Bosnia that went pretty well. Um, and then we saw him use a 4-3-1-2 against Uzbekistan and then start with a 4-3-1-2 against Bahrain, which played really badly in the first half. And then he was flexible enough to say, okay, this isn't working. I'm going to play a 4-3-3 in the second half. And that was probably one of our best uh, performances in the second half against Bahrain for Team Medley in a lot many years. And then he went to a 4-4-2 against Iraq. So I think he's flexible in his formation. I'm not sh- I doubt that he will be set like I'm only going to play this formation. I don't think he seems like that kind of coach. But uh, I would like him to maybe pick with the formation and kind of stick with it just to give some more continuity. But um, my personal opinion is that the two striker formation isn't really uh, our best formation. I think when Taremi plays off the left, like he did in the second half against uh, Bahrain, that is actually his best position for Team Medley because when him and Osmoon play up top together, I think they kind of crowd out each other's space and uh, they kind of occupy similar positions. And you have to keep in mind that our two most dangerous players are to Osmoon and Taremi. So for the opposition defense, for them to be in a maybe like a five or 10 meter square, 
you know, that makes it easier for them to defend the two most dangerous players. And I think that idea of Toremi coming from the left uh, and kind of being the facilitator a little bit more, and then Osmond being the very obvious nine uh, in the box and finishing the chances, I think that has a better flow for our yeah. team. Yeah, I think that's, I think you've, you've pretty much hit the nail on the head there. That's, you know, hopefully, hopefully over over a couple of more games, Scotches will find his uh, his team. Um, speaking of Osmoon, uh, Pejman, uh, he'll obviously be suspended for the first match against Syria as uh, he has a yellow card accumulation at Hardy Seper asks who should replace him against Syria. Uh, well, we would love to know what the user thinks as well. I don't know if they wrote, wrote written any response. No, I not. would probably say, yeah, I would probably say Karim, I'm sorry if I had. He's been uh, a really good super sub and he should get rewarded with a, with a start. Koverezoi um, would then probably be the first sub coming in as a striker. But yeah, I'll go with Karim Ansarfad. He's done uh, really good in Greece and uh, he's yeah. proven himself in team many time after time. I would actually go a little bit different. I, I actually would use it as an opportunity to play a one-striker formation. You know, if, if Osmond's not there, I would just put Taremi up front and then you could have maybe, you know, Kori Zadeh and Kodus just off him, you know, with Amiri in midfield and maybe with like Nur Lahin as a Torai. So, um, there's a lot of we have a lot of players, so it's not like it's not as if you know we're, we're even if Osmond isn't available, we still have a lot of players. As you said, Ansari Fad, Kaverizai, and I think you guys and, make good points. And there's Allah here as yeah, well. Yeah, and we're gonna come oh, on to that. That's the next yeah. question. So at Maliki Andrew, he asks regarding young players like Yasin Salmani. I know Sahan has all to say about him, uh, Sayad Manesh, um, and uh, many others. So. What do we think? Do we think that these players, I mean, obviously they, sh- they should be called up, but do you think that they should be kind of breaking into this, into the team? We didn't see Qaya, they really start any matches, you know. So he, you know, there is still space for players, but how 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 do we how do we see them progress? I think that uh, I think Qaya is working his way into being a consistent call up. So the first step to being a you know starter for your national team for somebody who's like under 23 is to first be like a consistent call-up. So I think that he's being integrated. Uh, I think we're going to see more of him. And uh, I think it still, you can see that the lack of experience maybe in a team medley Jersey uh, from a mental standpoint can play on young players at times, like those chances Goyedi missed. I think it's not really his level to miss those chances. And I, he never really misses such chances for Estelle. So I think that's just kind of like the mental aspect of bringing a super young player into the team. But besides Goyedi, yeah, I really like Yosina Salmoni from Sepahan. I think he's probably the best midfield talent uh, who's from Iran in the past, I would say like five or six years who's come up. Um, I think Shekari was good, but I think that Salman is more complete player than him and hopefully fulfills his potential. So I think he should definitely be looked at. And uh, yeah, I think those are the main ones with Alohiar, of course, who should, is going to be in the conversation. He's having a great season in Ukraine and will probably make a b- big move in the next year. Yeah, 
Um, next question comes from ja- Javid Ozadi Iran. Um, he actually asked two questions. The first one is Prali Ganji uh, starting over Kanani Zadigan. Uh, personally, I would like to see that. I think Prali Ganji is a very important player for the national team. He's he's been at many of the big competitions we've been at. In fact, he's been to two last Asian Cups and the last World Cup. So for me, he is one of the most experienced players in the team. And personally, I don't think Kanani is necessarily so good to the point where you start him over Praliganji. You know what I mean? So, um, you know, I would agree with that. I would say Praliganji should start. But, you know, if someone's playing well, you can't really drop them, you know. The other one is uh, he is asking Hoy Safi at left back over Milad Mahamadi. Pejman? Oof. Listen, uh, we're going to keep this short because we talked about Hoy uh, Safi several times. But uh, he doesn't have, he doesn't seem to have it anymore. The thing that made him special, uh, he's lacking that. And I'm afraid that that can punish him and the national team against stronger opponents. Uh, so I would choose uh, Milad Mohammadi uh, in, uh, over Esau Safi. I think me and Sam were saying about this just before we started this pod. Sa- Safi is by far better technically as a as a footballer over Milad, but Milad Mohammadi is a better defender. And you know, you know, the left back position is is built for defenders. It's not built for footballers who are technically great. Yes, sometimes you can have really good players like Roberto Carlos, but listen, we're the national team of Iran. We're not trying to get, you know, Cafu and Roberto Carlos at fullback. We're trying to just get some players who can defend and do a good job. Milad, yes, he's had some poor games, and that's true, but he is playing in Europe, and ultimately he is playing for a good team in Europe. So I still expect him to be the starting left-back. However, Haisafi is the captain, so it's not easy to just say no to him. You know, so it's it's definitely Skocic's, um, you know, t- t- he has to make that, that choice at who he plays. And obviously, Valley Dimery can also play left back. So there is a lot of options. Uh, guys, listen, I appreciate your time. Um, I, hopefully, you guys who are listening enjoyed the podcast. Of course, remember to check out part one if you haven't already. We've interviewed a, a journalists and experts from each of the countries that we're playing against. Uh, make sure to follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Subscribe to us on YouTube, SoundCloud, Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Amazon, and Castbox. Visit our website at globalzampodcast.com and we'll see you very, very soon. Guys, thanks for coming on. Thank you, Arya, as always. Arya, well done. My name is Alaya Sayyad Manish. You are listening to Gulbazan Podcast. Uh, why your team in uh, World Cup? No.